This is Jenny. This is Christian. And you're listening to Shaped. Welcome back to Shaped. We are so excited to be with you this week. Excited for our conversation today that really is going to last for the next couple of weeks. Um, Jenny, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Christian? Excellent. Excellent. Very excited. We are going to get things started by talking about a fun question, but a question that I think is going to be relevant for our conversation. Perhaps okay. perhaps our folks will see how as we move mm-hmm. through. The question is this. What is your favorite superhero team? Or maybe just team in general. Like, what's oh. your favorite team? Oh, wow. I um, I might stick with the superhero team. Okay. And I'm going to go for the low-hanging fruit yeah. of all superhero teams. And I'm going Watchmen. to... Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> I will submit to you... Marvel Avengers. Okay. The greatest team out there. The is it the Avengers, the New Avengers, the Young Avengers, the West Coast Avengers? Oh, oh all excellent questions, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> I just feel like whenever Thor is around, that's, okay, that's the team I'm here for. Okay, yeah. so the team for yeah. you is like it's all about Thor. <laughs> but he knows his place. He knows his place among the team. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always make it about himself. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah, yeah. How about you? What's your favorite team? I would definitely say the X Men. Um, right. I I love the X Men comics. And the thing about the X Men is like, you know, like how in the Avengers, like people can kind of point to like this is my this is my guy or mm-hmm. gal in the mm-hmm. Avengers. Like I stand Hawkeye. You know, no <laughs> one stands Hawkeye. But um, but yeah, like that's the way it is with the Avengers. In the X Men. It's not like that. Maybe people like kind of love Wolverine, I guess, but like the X-Men, they're about the team. Mm. They're like, they do all these, like, there's so much time where they're training together and like thinking about how they can use their powers, not just like individually, but like together to help. Mm. Like, how does my, my gifting complement yours? Mm. And that I feel is relevant for our discussion today. You want to, you want to tell people what we're talking about today? Yes, that is incredibly relevant. We are looking at another team of folks with giftings, if you will. And that team is the body of Christ. Oh, yes. Our favorite superhero team. We both got it wrong. (laughs) Unequivocally the body of Christ. And so we're looking at the fivefold giftings. You might hear these as a pest And so those five giftings that we see Paul write about in Ephesians are apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And so these five giftings are what we see all across the body of Christ. We would say that everyone, every one of us is given at least one primary gift, maybe a secondary gift out of these five. And we're just going to be looking at how we can use those giftings to serve the Lord, to serve the body of Christ, um, to understand ourselves, but not just in, not just for ourselves, but really for the sake of the world, for the glory of God. So, yeah, anything you would add to that? No, I think the, I think that's great. Things are. I mean, I think that's great. I think like the. Um, the thought that like this isn't something that's just for the like spiritually elite um but for all of us like we all have a gift that is given to us for the sake of ministry in the world for the sake of you know talks about in Ephesians 4 like equipping the saints building up the body um coming to the whole world coming to knowledge 
and and fullness of Christ. Like these are the things that these gifts exist for, and they're meaningful to me, but mostly meaningful in in the sense of what it means for us collectively. And these mm-hmm. gifts kind of coming together, and we need them all. And sometimes it's easy to elevate one over the other based on the church that you're in or the tradition that you're in, but collectively these coming together and and working um, in order to serve the Lord and to serve his kingdom and his way coming more fully into our world. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. As we're looking at this, Christian, I mean, why, truly, like, why does it even matter for us to dive into this? Yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's a lot that we could say. I think, like, it is, in a sense, self-discovery because, like, your gift is not just something that's kind of, like, external to you, if that makes sense. It's like something, like a tool that you're equipped with. It is that. Mm-hmm. But it also, it impacts the way that you tend to perceive the world and the way that you tend to perceive God, even, um, and the way that you tend to operate in relationships and, and all kinds of things like that. So it, it is a bit of self-discovery, understanding ourselves and the way that we're wired Um, but that self-discovery is not just so that like I can live my best life or whatever, but so that like I can understand how I might function in this team, in this body of Christ, the church. Um, so kind of self-discovery for the sake of others. Um, and I think that it's that kind of sense of like being a part of the church, having these gifts, it's not just about me, but a whole people, um, maybe to relate it back to Mm. Marvel you know, Spider-Man, we get that great quote from Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, these gifts, we have been given great power. Each and every one of us who have recognized that Jesus is Lord and the Spirit has come and take up res- taken up residence in us, we each have these gifts that help, that really move the needle in the church that are deeply powerful and meaningful. But with that comes this great sense of responsibility to use them for the sake of the, the body of Christ and for the sake of the world. So, yeah, I don't know. You add anything to that? No, I think that's excellent. I think the just the ability to see, okay, I can understand myself and how I can relate to the world can be for the good. I can be for God's kingdom in the world. And also just to see, maybe understand other people's giftings and ask that question of yourself of how can I come alongside them? How can I make space for them to grow in their gifting? How can I lean on their gifting um, in ways that would edify both of us? And so even just that, that piece of it of being learning about the other giftings that we might not identify with, help us as we walk in ours, help us as we walk in the body. And so as we'll go through, we're going to list strengths and weaknesses of all of the giftings. And as we do that, the the information isn't, you know, the purpose of us doing this isn't to weaponize it and catch people in the weaknesses of their giftings. No, it's it's to come alongside those that we're around and just ask, what is God doing here? And how can I lean into that and, and using this to help us in that process. So we are going to spend a little time, um, and just take a fivefold ministry test. So if you've already taken the test, if you already have an understanding of what your primary or secondary gifting might be, you can go ahead, just stick with us. We'll jump back in in a second. But if you have not taken the test yet, if this is a brand new idea or it's been a few years, go ahead to fivefoldministry.com. We'll have the link in the show notes. Just take, I think it's maybe five minutes, take the test. It'll make everything we're about to do um, just have a, have a real backing, have a real understanding of. 
Um, so we'll be back together in a second. All right, so at this point, you have some understanding of your gifting or you have taken the test. And so we are just gonna start our deep dive into looking at each of these giftings. And so as we do, I would just encourage you, hold those test results with an open hand. Um, I think your primary gifting could fall anywhere in all five of them. Um, if you scored really high on one, maybe have an ear out for that. Um, but hold those test results open-handed as we kind of dive into each of these giftings. Yeah, we want this to be something that is is valuable for someone who maybe is new to understanding their gift, but also for those who are looking to go deeper. And so um, it'll give us hopefully give us a sense of how to navigate our own gift, how to navigate and see the value and strengths of the gifts of those around us. And, and so, yeah, we're not going to describe too in depth here as we get going, um, but listen even to the gifts that aren't your own. Um, and we are going to start with the Apostle. We are going to jump in and start by looking at the Apostles, our first gifting we're going to do a deep dive into. So... Apostles catalyze and commission. They are catalysts who start new works, and they commission others to join God in the renewal of all things. They are pioneers, always moving into new territory. They help people discover and live out their calling. Apostles extend the gospel. They are always thinking about the future, bridging barriers, and establishing the church in new contexts. Apostles help people and communities live out the answer to Jesus' prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So some strengths and weaknesses for uh, our apostles. Strengths um, include they have a lot of big ideas. They see opportunity everywhere. Um, they are people who tend to be starters. They like to start things. They tend to attract a lot of people to their vision Um and they can easily envision how to build organizations and, and how to build up people as well. Um, some weaknesses, sometimes apostles can have a hard time discerning between what are good ideas and what are God ideas. Um, they can tend to jump around from one idea to the next with like really struggling to focus on um, one thing, the thing that's right in front of them. Um, they can be people who have a hard time turning it off. They can be people who have a hard time taking a day off. Um, and they tend to have very little, little patience with, with needy people or with people who don't quote unquote get on board. So these are our apostles. And to help us talk about what an apostle is, we are joined by just us because we're both apostles. And it may seem self-serving that we're starting with apostles and we're both apostles. But that's just the list, y'all. It's Look. Ephesians 4. Check it yourself. <laughs> we didn't make this up, but Jenny and I are, are both apostles. So, yes. Jenny, for you, like, th looking at this description and these strengths, like, what resonates with you and your own gifting and the way that you see um, your own life kind of playing out? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think... Um... I think just that sense of taking new grounds is something that really resonates with me. I think a characteristic that can be true of apostles um, that wasn't actually listed within that, um, but it can just be this ability to almost 
kind of move between spaces. So if there's a particular gifting needed at a certain time, the apostle often is the one that can kind of f- end up filling that sort of space. And I think quite often that's a that's a way that I'll see my gifting play out. I think that is a big piece. I think also just the ability to raise up and and send, release leaders um, is something that, yeah, just very much excites me, is something my mind kind of turns over a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what, what in this do you resonate with, Christian? I mean, I think that kind of sense of like big picture thinking is, is a big one for me. Um, thinking about where... Um, where we're going, kind of getting the 30,000 foot view of things. Um, I like to talk about apostles as being the ones who um, stand on a hill and they look out at the horizon and they say, we need to go to that hill. And they're like, I have no idea how we're going to get there. Like, but that's where it feels like the Lord's calling us to. And that kind of thing, like, is something that, that I I really enjoy. Um, And um, thinking about kind of where's God leading us? Um, what does God have for us? That big picture thing is just something that I really enjoy and I think comes like fairly naturally to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there things like on the other side mm. of it, the the weakness side Ew. of the spectrum that you can kind of <laughs> see in yourself? I mean, there's not for me, but right. maybe I thought maybe right. it would be helpful. A less mature possible <laughs> right. into things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things is. Um, like struggling to discern good ideas from God ideas. And I think that comes out in the sense of scheduling and being able to put the most central thing central and allow things, periphery things more on the periphery. And so I think that can be something that is a challenge for me where unless I'm actively trying to discern or actively inviting people in, I can just end up taking on things that draw away um, from what, what needs to be central. I think too that... Um, apostles have a hard time turning it off. I think the practice of Sabbath has been probably the most formative practice, um, over these, yeah, this last, this last stretch of time. So those are a couple of the weaknesses that stand out to me. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was kidding. There actually are <laughs> a lot of these that hit me right. The, the one that really hits me in the gut, um, is, you know, that it talked about like, they tend to have very little patience with needy people or people who won't quote unquote get on board. Um, that is me at my worst for sure. Um, I think like when, when people are not seeing the things that I'm seeing, even as I'm trying to like share the vision with them or they're not in a place where what I'm talking about is exciting to them. I like can have very little patience with that. I can. And when I say that, it's not necessarily that I'll like, lose my cool or get angry it's that I'll like back away from that person or I'll just you know kind of move on I'll get figure out somebody else um and so like as a result I think at times people can feel kind of used by me almost like like I'm moving pawns on a chessboard or something and that is a like I don't know a pretty dark nasty thing in in me um that I don't, maybe I've grown in that a little bit, but it's still, that temptation is still always there um, for me. I think this also, the sense of just kind of moving around from one idea to the next can be something that, like, sometimes it's hard for me just to stick to, this is the thing in front of me, just focus on that. Um, And as a result, that can kind of probably take away from uh, 
the things that I'm doing and maybe not make it as good as it could Mm -hmm. be. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How, um, I feel like as you go day to day, what are some ways that you see the apostolic gifting play out? Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I really like to look at like any group of people, like whether it's our whole church or like, you know, for, for me, like Maroon family or like, when I was an engaged group leader, our engaged group, whatever, and think about like, man, what is God already doing here? Like this understanding that God is at work. What's God doing here? And how can we join in mm-hmm. with that? How are we doing with joining in with that? Are there things like, I, I like to ask the question, what's next? Um, and not from a sense of like, let's just move on, you know, and not worry about what's right in front of us. But like, to, to always be believing that the Lord is taking us deeper and deeper, whether that's in my own, like in my own personal walk with the Lord, the walk, other people's walk with the Lord, like what's next, um, with our group and the people that we might be reaching out to or the different spaces that we might get to like go be a part of what, what's next. Um, I think that's something that like is a question that's constantly sort of on my mind, um, and that can be a good thing. It can also be a detrimental thing where I'm, again, like I said earlier, kind of missing out on what is happening, being present with what's happening right in front of me. But um, I think, you know, that's where kind of leaning on some of those, the other gifts um, who are much better at being present in the moment to look to them and to follow their example for me. Like, that's so huge. Um, I don't know. Like, what, mm. what how have you seen it for you? Like, what mm-hmm. does this look like for you? Yeah, I think something like legitimately the thing that gets me up in the morning will be this sense of helping other people take new ground, um, of like pioneering, pioneering in, in whatever space I can do. And so I feel like if that is discipleship and taking new ground in the way people and the way that I will see the Lord experience him, come to know him, um, maybe that is taking new ground in terms of understanding and living into community. Um, or it could be taking new ground in terms of leading within the church, I think, yeah, just that sense of seeing someone step into being an apprentice role or being an engaged group leader role um, is something that has always excited me of just, I yeah, I think even just saying like, <laughs> what pieces of this job can I give away? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is a way that I'll think about stuff. Christian, what is, what is one thing you wish people knew about your gifting or this gifting? I'm going to say two things. Oh! <laughs> um... We apostles, we can't be boxed in, you know, just kidding. But I think the first thing is that, like, I do care about people. Maybe that feels like uh, like I'm an awful person for having to say that. But, like, there are people around me who, even, even Meg, like my wife, she is so naturally gifted at people just feeling cared for by her, just being around her. That's not something that comes that easily to me and, and kind of... I'm constantly worried based on what I was sharing earlier about kind of one of the weaknesses of this gift about having little patience with people, about not being willing to just sit and be present with people, even if they haven't fully like seen the thing that God might be doing with them yet. I worry that they feel that I don't care for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that like, that's not true. I do care for those folks. I, and I, I'm, I work, I'm working to become better at demonstrating that care. So that'd be one thing. The other Mm -hmm. thing is that like, I think apostles a lot of times come off as these people who are very confident, very, um, like 
having a sense of what to do, where to go. And I would just like tell people like, sometimes that can be something that's intimidating to other people. Mm -hmm. And the reality is I, there are a lot of times that I don't know what on earth I'm doing either or where we should go or what we should do. Um, that that confidence is, uh, it's not necessarily fake, but it comes from like looking at something that's big, like bigger than that current moment, which is a helpful thing. But again, it can kind of be like, well, do you just always have that sense of confidence? Absolutely not. Like I struggle with that, like feeling like I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm not sure where we're going. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say that's yeah. this piece of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Gosh, I guess as you have just grown and matured in this gifting, are there a few things that are a few practices that have really helped in that process? I think reflection would be one that's like just so, so key for uh, apostles because I think we tend to be people who are um, able to like think fast and think on our feet in terms of like there's a big picture that we're going for. And as a result, there are a lot of things that we miss if we aren't very reflective. And so like being able to just spend some time in front of a whiteboard thinking about like for, for you apostles out there, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're leading. It can be, but like even just thinking about like what God is doing in your own discipleship and the places he wants to, to take you deeper, to be able to get in front of a whiteboard or a journal and just like hash it out. This is where I, what I've seen. These are things that maybe God has drawn my attention to. This are, this is steps I can take with that. Um, but also with things that are going on around you, like this is something that I've seen that really excites me. Um, are there other pe people that are kind of around me that maybe are excited about that too, or whatever that kind of just thinking about what has come, what has happened in the past and what it means for right now has been like really important for me. I think also just spiritual disciplines because of like the big picture nature of our gift, like being rooted in simple practices um, is so, so important. It's not, it's not something that comes naturally to most apostles because we tend to be like people who are jumping around from one thing to the next. And so a consistent practice of something day to day, but like for me, the practice of like Sabbath, the practice of, uh, like silence and solitude, um, prayer, those are things that like man, they've so blessed me and there would have never been things that I would have chosen on my own, but have mm -hmm. really helped root me more in God and less in like the things that I can make happen mm -hmm. in the world as an apostle. So what about you? Like, what are some practices that have been helpful for you? Yeah, I think I really identify, um, with what you're sharing about the spiritual disciplines. I feel like silence and solitude, Sabbath as well is just so formational, um, for me being able to see myself rightly within my role, um, before the Lord. I think too, some ones that maybe feel a little more of like, maybe more random or odd, um, just space to drive or walk and allow my mind to drift, mm, yeah. I think can do a lot, um, in terms of allowing myself to settle enough to move past what I'm immediately thinking about and just have, have other thoughts or ideas or directions come to mind where I'll like, have voice memos or strings of really random notes and thoughts, um, that I can kind of parse through later. But I think that like that physical movement or that like 
primary kind of thing I'm thinking about gives space for a mind to drift. Um, and I think kind of coupled with that is just a real, allowing myself a real freedom to not close off any particular line of thinking of saying like, oh, this wouldn't be possible because of this, or it wouldn't happen this way because of this. Um, and just to allow real freedom, um, in considering stuff of saying like, I don't want to cap creativity because I think in a lot of ways when I do that is when I feel most stuck. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think those are a couple of things. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think like one of the things, and maybe for those of you who are listening to this, who maybe are apostles or thinking that might be one of your things is like that sense that Jenny was talking about of like openness. That's something that I feel like is a strength for apostles of like being able to listen to the people around you and the things that they're experiencing and things they're hearing from God and whatever, and being open to the ideas Mm -hmm. and the directions that they might have, even if you feel like that may not be the full picture, but like this sense of openness, um, it builds bridges between people and then it, it, it enables over time for you to see more and more of like, Oh, this feels like the thing that God's going after. And so I think like, I'm really glad you, you mentioned that. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. that's really key. Um, how would you say like people who aren't apostles, how can they come around us in our gifting? Like what's helpful um, for them to know about us or for them to kind of do in response to us and our mm. sort of scatteredness, big pictureness. Like <laughs> what, what would you say? Yeah, totally. I think, um, on one level, it's a real help just to be able to bounce things off, um, folks and say, what, what out of this do I need to chase? And what out of this, um, should I release and not worry about? I think that is really helpful. I think on a very, um, low to the ground way, just allowing, the shepherds in my life to speak into, um, my schedule, I think is a really big thing, um, that I've just found to be a huge help as well as this, this might sound a little weird, but I think, um, for the other giftings, for the other folks around me, I think just to, to have a real deep sense that, that I know that if I fail, it's okay, that (laughs) you won't walk away, that in some ways, like, failing at times is expected or good where I think often I I in different environments I'll be trying to get a sense or trying to get um take the temperature of are you okay if I get it wrong um and I think to feel like yeah I'm okay if you get it wrong feels I mean that's just like an absolute means of grace um for me so I think yeah those are a couple of things yeah yeah there you go well hopefully you all have a sense um gives you a little bit of a sense of the apostle gift and now we are going to shift on to the next gift the prophet we are going to jump in and talk about prophets so prophets are folks that expose and embody they embody a countercultural community. They have a real calling for people to live under God's reign. They have a passion for social justice, seek to cultivate a liberating environment, liberating people from personal sin, speaking truth to power, speaking truth to social sins. They really, at their hearts, they reveal the heart of God and the heart of people. Prophets call the church to God's new social order and help the congregation to stand with the poor and oppressed. They bring correction and challenge and dominant assumptions 
they bring correction and challenge to the dominant assumptions we inherit from the culture. Yeah, so some strengths for our prophets are uh, they often enjoy spending time with God alone um, and sensing his heart clearly. They are able to stand back from the circumstances that they find themselves in and, and have a clear picture of what's really going on underneath the surface. Um, they cl- their, their clarity kind of enables them to come up with creative and innovative solutions that others aren't likely to see. And they are outside-the-box thinkers. They tend to disrupt the status quo. Some weaknesses, on the other hand, um, is that they at times can talk about their perspective as though it was simply, quote-unquote, the truth. Um, Sometimes they can kind of feel like they're the only ones who really get it. And so they will form elite cliques in the churches that can kind of destroy unity. Um, Sometimes they... Are, are quick to kind of point out every inconsistency or problem that they see. They uh, have a hard time holding their tongues when things aren't going perfectly the way that they feel like it should be. Um, sometimes they have a hard time just accepting people right where they are, right as they are. And also they tend to live in their own heads um, because their idealism is cleaner than the real world messiness of ministry. So the good and the bad of our prophet friends and to help us kind of understand the prophet gift a little bit more, we are going to bring in one of the great prophets among us, Robbie Poth. He laughs as we say it, but it is so true, God. Uh, It is, yeah, it is a beautiful thing. Um, And so... Uh, we are going to talk to Robbie about being a prophet and how he's understood his own gifting. Absolutely. We're excited to chat with you, Robbie. What, um, what about the list or like, what about those descriptions kind of stand out to you in terms of how you see your gifting or what you experience? Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. I would say, I know, uh, from a negative standpoint, I think for me, I've wrestled in the past with yeah, just feeling like I have to say something, feeling like I need to speak out and uh, being angry a lot. And so I think that that has, I've, I've really wrestled with that and mm-hmm. trying to realize that I don't think that's actually what God calls us to do if we have a prophetic gifting is to just uh, be angry because it's, it's, it's just kind of out of our own personal thoughts about how things should be rather than what he desires. So um, there's a line in Jeremiah 22 where Jeremiah's he gets a little frustrated at God for calling him into this type of ministry. And then he says, uh, but my, my bones, like there's a burning in my bones. Like I have to speak. I have to say something. There's something that you've got me to do. And so I'm going to submit to you in the midst of that. Um, so just trying to wrestle with that of those two uh, sort of powerful forces that work I guess within us uh, when it comes to uh, being being a prophet I realized that I quickly a number of years ago just needed to kind of submit those feelings to the Lord and have others speak into my life and how that I exercise the gift and so that was kind of like my first step into hey this isn't just like something that happens this is something that you can lean into and practice and do well at and I think In the Bible and Scripture, we have examples of that being exercised poorly and wisely, Mm. mostly wisely. But I think it's um, sometimes miss, I don't know what the word is, Um, we kind of have a misunderstanding of what it actually is. Yeah. 
So I think that's yeah, I think that's a great point because and we, we probably should have said this off the top, but you know when we hear the word prophet, like the thing that often comes to our mind is like someone who's I don't know telling the future or something, um, or somebody out in the street with a big sign. Yeah, and you're kind of like, oh, what's that guy doing? Over yeah, there? Mm-hmm. and that and that's really you know that's not what the the prophet gift is getting at. It's it's about the the ministry that we see the prophets doing mm-hmm. through the scriptures that that really reveals people's heart, that reveals God's heart to the people. Um, and at times recognizes very clearly the disconnect between those two things. And, um, so it's interesting to hear you talk about like the, you know, feel like some of the difficulty that comes with being a prophet, but seeing the way that God is actually wants to actually use that rather than just be like, I need to shove away the things that I'm angry and sad about when it comes to the church. Um, I need to kind of, put that away again, that God had kind of called you in and said like, Hey, I can use this, mm-hmm. but it's not going to maybe look the way that you most naturally want it to. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, so the big word that I would add to all of this that hasn't really been used yet is encouragement. Mm-hmm. And when you look at prophecy in the scripture, and this is what I usually kind of tell people is that it's all about encouragement. How can we encourage God's people to do the things that God has called them to do? And that's what uh, I believe in Acts a few times in other places. It says we need to encourage one another. Or these prophets, like Philip and his daughters, they encouraged us with, with something. And so that would be kind of the big takeaway word that I have when it comes to being a prophet and exercising it. Is this, is this encouraging? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we kind of maybe want to tear down some institutions or, mm-hmm. or kind of turn people away from something that they're doing. But it's, it's to encourage to go towards God. Um, there has to be a compassion if you're going to do it well, um, a love of God. The love of God needs to be in your heart. And so, uh, for example, uh, we have like Jonah. Jonah kind of wants to run away and go to where the job is a little bit easier. Uh, but when he you know, finally gets eaten by the well and spat out and all that stuff, he goes to Nineveh. And he kind of does that out of, I think, reluctance and anger. And then he goes and watch. He wants to watch God destroy Nineveh. But he's preached to Nineveh to repent. He's done what he's supposed to do. And then he's frustrated. And God actually listens uh, to the people who've repented. They've mm-hmm. listened to God. They've listened to his message. And so I think in Jonah, you see this like uh, wrestling with like this thing that he's been called to do. That's his vocation. That's his prophet. But he gets a little. He lives a little bit too in the anger and the crankiness. But rather than God's grace and celebrating. Hey, these people have turned towards God and have given their lives back over to Him, and so He spared them. That's the that's what we want, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than like, yeah, I want to see those people destroyed because they're not living. So I'm going to go preach to them, but mm-hmm. I'd rather see this. Um, so that you know, I think in Jonah we see, like God still used them though, but we see kind of a way maybe to to mismanage some of those mm-hmm. giftings mm-hmm. or ways that we can wrestle with them. Right, right. Where there's this piece of of being able to see the lack and holding the compassion simultaneously yes. with that. And then I think also too, like even with Jonah, like the, the role of the prophet isn't just inward. Like mm-hmm. there's a way of diagnosis that the prophet does and yes. we need, but that, that inwardness moves forward. Like it moves towards God's people and moves towards God's heart with his people. Yes. And, and I think that like outward facingness of the prophet is just so pivotal to to what God wants to do. And I think when you read scripture, there's groups of prophets uh, that go around uh, in the Old Testament, which is interesting to me and I would like to know more about. But um, I would say you you need, the prophets need the other giftings around them. Mm. 
uh, every gifting needs the other giftings around them. And so I think you need to have a group of people willing to kind of hear what you have to say and help you kind of guide you into that compassion rather than maybe the negative anger. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how would you say like you kind of see your gifting play out in, you know, being a part of the church on a, even on a regular basis, on a low key basis? Cause a lot of what we talk about, you know, what we've talked about so far is like big, beautiful ideas, but even just on like a practical day to day level, like what does it look like to, to exercise ministry as a prophet? Um, so there's an example I like to use from, um, Band of Brothers. Nice. Um, there's a scene where Captain Winters is trying to, they're, they're in the midst of a battle, episode three, uh, Karen, things past Karen Tan. Anyway, they, uh, there's a, there's a guy that is fighting with his own fear the whole time and he's like ducking, he won't stand up, he won't fire his weapon and this is not me advocating violence. But there's a moment where Captain Winters is reaching down and grabs his shoulder and says, get up, stand up, fire your weapon, let's go, let's do this together. And to me, that's like... That is kind of like a signpost of like how I need to be around other people. So um, I would see my job practically as a lot of times uh, I can kind of see people's potential and God using them in ways that they might not be able to see in their own self. So being able to encourage and speak into those spaces that are strengths and even weaknesses and say like, no, look what God is doing. God is using to do. Ah, how, did you see that? Did you see that work? Um, did you see how much you enjoyed that? Mm. Um, so that it's it's a lot of listening, seeing, being around folks, and being willing to say, "Hey, let's go, let's do this. Um, we can do this together. Let's let's strengthen each other up." So, you know, depending on who I'm around, so it might be the church from the pulpit, as a, from a prophetic mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, it might be. Um, that, that's probably a lot, but also I think individually with people in uh, my, my engage group or people that I'm around mm-hmm. I'm talking to, it's like, hey, you're, this, God is using you, you in particular, to do this with your unique giftings to speak in this person's life or to be a, a light in this space. Let's go after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how if that answered your question, but that's kind of how I see, see it working. It's really just, hey, hey let's go. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. That makes a ton of sense. I feel like there's a real marker in your maturity in your gifting, Robbie, that I see in terms of you or someone people gravitate towards where they know, like I, like I will be able to sense what the Lord might be doing in and around me, but I know it's going to be just couched in this absolute compassion, um, that you bring, which I feel like is just that's the mark. That's the mark of a real mature prophet. I hope so. It's just folks, I hope I'm doing folks that are well. drawn, drawn to you. Um, I would be curious, is there one thing that you wish people knew about your gifting? Um, it's not, well, it's not that we can see the future. We, you know, right, I think right. it's just that we kind of see the ways in which God and the people can move towards. And so it's not really necessarily like... Um, seeing what's going to happen there's a lot of things you kind of stay away from of like you don't say this is going to be on this date this is going to happen you're going to meet this person we stay away Mm -hmm, from that mm -hmm. i would say the other kind of thing that goes with that is that prophets don't have to be angry and cranky all the time so maybe Mm -hmm. i'm speaking to other people who have who are prophets and just now exercising their gifts it's just kind of like Mm -hmm. that there's something in that but that's you don't have to exercise that out of that anger 
and because if you have a prophet who's immature or is exercising out of the anger, it can suck, suck the energy out of a room. And um, so just trying to be aware of that. So I don't know if that answered directly mm-hmm. your question. Yeah. But uh, we don't. We're not the angry people running around saying God's. You know the judgment's coming. Mm. Um, I think really we want to be encouragers. Um, mm. So people, I want to encourage you. So if you want to be encouraged, come talk to me. <laughs> Let's figure go. that out. Let's listen to God together. Mm. <laughs> That's um, really good. Yeah, that's good. I I think like that's a word for both those who maybe are prophets as well as for those who, you know, are in the church and are around prophets because there can be this caricature in people's minds. I think of like, oh, he's kind of angry all the time or she's kind of like just just grumpy and pointing out all the things that suck. And that's just not the case. It doesn't I mean, there may be times where that's true, but that is, you know. That's not what the gift is. So. Well, and James says, you know, anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God requires. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that and live like, just because I'm angry doesn't mean good things are going to happen out of Fruitful things are going to happen yeah. out of that. It needs to be fruitful in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those who are prophets among us, like what are some practices that have been helpful for you in kind of honing your gifting, um, leaning into the gift that God has put into you? Um, seeking out, pastors and shepherds for encouragement mm-hmm. so filtering my words first through uh, loved ones to say hey how, how's my tone how's my language is because this is what i'm i am intending to say this and get this point across is that actually coming across mm-hmm. or is my tone one of deconstruction um so that probably first um uh, with any with any group too is just you want to be able to filter the kind of profits on what we say um I'd say the other thing is just listening before we speak. So, A, listening to God, trying to be in communion with God as much as possible. So, uh, you know, just keeping an eye on our own walk and asking for help with that. And then just listening when you're with others who may need encouragement. um, Just listening first. So listening and hearing, I think, are just, that's just massive. Um, There was a cartoon we were watching the other day where the mom was telling the little the mommy dog was telling the little sister dog, mm-hmm. uh, the big sister dog, to find her ears. And then she kept asking what that meant. But just like, yeah, we need to find her ears as a mm-hmm. prophet. And um, none of the prophets in Scripture would be able to do what they did without first hearing God. And they were open to hearing God. Then they were able to go. And it says, mm-hmm. you know, Amos, the son of so-and-so, in the year of so-and-so, heard the word of the Lord, mm-hmm. heard from the Lord. Yeah. Um, so... Being able to listen first and foremost before we speak, I think, is huge. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That listening and then that almost piece of, of filtering through, just like wise yes. counsel. Wise counsel, around you. listening, being in the midst of scripture and prayer, and making sure that you're speaking out of those places instead of out, in, out of your own woundedness. Now, mm. God can use your woundedness uh, to speak to other people, but making sure you're not speaking out of that anger or that hurt. Uh, in a negative way so Mm -hmm. making sure you're speaking out of God's heart Mm -hmm. totally totally I guess just as we close Robbie maybe you could give us some thoughts kind of on the flip side of that of if there is a prophet in our life that we love and we want to come alongside what are some ways that you have found others can help you as you walk out this gifting um challenge the crankiness (laughs) I know that that's difficult sometimes we don't like to be challenged but just I mean my wife Crystal she does this all like 
I don't know if that's what you were really meaning to say when you say that with this tone mm-hmm. or these words. Uh, so yeah, call making sure is like, and there's a heart for compassion in there. Um, and, you know, if we say stuff, it doesn't mean you actually need to automatically act, like bring it to other people. Mm. Um, kind of like the previous one, like filter it through the pastor, the shepherd, like, hey, is this a good word? Um, that's why we're in community together. So um, I think too, just encourage us, encourage prophets, encourage, like we we need to be encouraged too. Like we kind of live in this sometimes uh, in this angst of, man, it would be good if the church were doing this instead of this. And that can be hard to see that maybe more so than others. Uh, others may not see it as much. And so maybe we see it more. So being able to say, hey, no, this is good stuff is going on here and Jesus is working. So encourage us as well. Like we need that encouragement in order to encourage others. Um, so, yeah. Robbie, thanks so much for joining us to show us what a prophet is. And <laughs> even just for doing that on a day-to-day basis, um, we, we're so blessed by you. Ah, I really appreciate that. I mean, uh, this is, again, still still learning. I'm still wanting to know. There's not many resources I've found that I've wanted to find about doing this. And so I'm trying to learn as much as I can and help others do that as well. So, yeah, thanks for having me out. Thank you so much for joining us on Shaped. We're going to be back next week to talk about the evangelist and the shepherd and the teacher and those giftings and and the strengths and weaknesses, what those mean and how God uses those gifts as a part of his mission in the world. You can find the descriptions and the strengths and weaknesses that we talked about for the apostle and the prophet in the show notes for this episode. And if you're curious to go kind of take a deeper dive with the APES gifts, understand more of what God is doing with your own gifting, a great place to start is that same website that you took the test on earlier. That's fivefoldministry.com, F-I-V-E foldministry.com. They have a lot of great resources on there. As we wrap up, we want to leave you with this blessing. This is from 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God as we go, may we serve one another with whatever gift each of us has received. Whoever speaks, may they speak as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves, may they do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.